Welcome back to The Short Game. It's a podcast about short video games. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I'm spectacular. And Shane, my brother Shane Kelly. How are you doing, Shane? Had a howlin' good week. Did you? Well, how appropriate. Or I had a howl of a week. Keep workshopping the pun, Shane. Let's let's try it again. You got to... Were you were you running with the wolves? I was hungry like the wolf. Yes, thank you. And uh, that is because this week we are talking about The Wolf Among Us from Telltale. And um, we'll get into all the details about it as we go here. But before we dive in, it's been a little while since we had an episode. Almost two weeks. Sorry, listeners. Um, let's catch up. What have you been playing lately? Yeah, we're hard at work playing video games. For you. We do it for you. Exhausting. Horrible, really. Laura, what have you been up to? Well, I unfortunately wasn't playing a ton of video games. I was directing a one-act play, um, but I did get to sneak in some board game time, and um, I somehow talked a group of like, six people into playing, um, to buying and purchasing a copy that I didn't pay for of Marrying Mr. Darcy, which is a role-playing board game based on Pride and Prejudice. Um, it is delightful, to have, um, you know, Justin, uh, my boyfriend, played the hell out of Charlotte Lucas, who is the ugly, unfortunate Ooh. sibling. Like, she's the, the girl no one really wants because she's, like, plain and not that smart and not that charming. But he somehow just aced this game and like charlotte lucas was suddenly like the prettiest hottest charming most money (laughs) charlotte was just like banging wait how does this game work is it so it's it's all card based so you pick out your characters at the beginning and everyone has some advantages and then you're going for certain um groups of cards on how who you get to marry at the end of the game so i was playing lizzie bennett um the heroine of the novel and she was given plus two charm zero dowry and that's about it and i knew i had to get up to like five charm or five wit to attract mr darcy because hmm. he's like the person i'll get the most points for but uh while charlotte was just amassing this extraordinary um you know power and prestige i pull a card and end up eloping accidentally with mr wickham and i am oh, like no like mr wickham has decided worst. to like elope with me and i was like so i had to get out of it so basically you play cards and it's luck you play you roll a die uh, like there'll be a party card and everyone rolls a dice and based on the card you get different outcomes like one of them is like your neckline is too low <laughs> like you get a scandal point um <laughs> like you lose one reputation um, you, you or, know what this reminds me of is that that one episode of I think it was Friends where they were all sitting around playing the the like Happy Days board game. It's like oh mm-hmm. you you got a Fonzie point. But uh, the difference is Happy Days is not about catty bitches and Pride and Prejudice is. It's about everybody being scheming catty bitches and not having enough eligible men. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this game is about. It's like oh you get to go steal a charm point from somebody else and you like steal her hairbrush or like you wow you take a comb away and it's. It's very, it's only fun if everyone just agrees to play along. Mm. So if you insult, um, you hear an insult from someone at a party, you get to insult that person. (laughs) (laughs) And it's much more fun that way. That actually sounds Um, kind of like a blast. I would love to play that. By the end of the game, Justin as Charlotte had like six combs in his hair and he kept brushing (laughs) his hair out of his face and saying how pretty he was. Like, that's the kind of game this is. It's 
so much fun. Justin has very pretty hair. He does. <laughs> it's better than mine. He's got a pretty a bit of a Prince Valiant. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Were you guys playing board games and tabletop games due to uh, Tabletop Day? When was that? I think it's celebrated this week. I certainly am going to an organized Tabletop Day event tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. Um, I have just bought two new board games, but there's a lot of games I'm excited to play on the schedule tomorrow. Um, I'll tell you about two games that I'm excited to play that I have bought. One is Evolution, the board game. He, he literally just held it up to the camera so we could all see it. He's clearly got it close at hand because he's excited. I am. Evolution is a dynamic game of survival uh, where players are creating and evolving species, collecting different traits. So it's what I wanted Spore to be. It is. And you're competing in a kind of a world where food is scarce and some of your character, some of your uh, species can be predators, and eat each other and you get traits like hard shell or horns or long neck, you know, uh, to defend your species. It looks really fun. Uh, it's got some really fun bits. Uh, and I'm also playing a game. Oops, I dropped it. So that's cool. I also got a game called Patchwork, which I found on a list of some of the best two-player games. Hmm. And this is a game that I have picked specifically to play with my wife, Julia, because she is uh, toe-to-tip addicted to 1010. Have you guys seen 1010? No. What is that? 1010 is a mobile game that I honestly recommend. It's kind of a similar, in a similar vein to Tetris in that you're trying to arrange Tetromino-style pieces uh, except in a 10 by 10 grid to make lines across in either direction and you arrange the pieces any way you want you lose when you run out of space in the grid uh, for new pieces it's a fun game but patchwork is a game about making a quilt which is a uh, just a hard-fought battle between two players designed specifically for two players trying to make quilts (laughs) to take up a grid so I thought it might be uh, a good way to take advantage of the skills she has in arranging tetrominoes on a grid, <laughs> um, which she does constantly on her cell phone, which is amazing. She's she her high score at ten ten is nothing to laugh at. It's insane. So I I'm very excited to try out those two games, and I think I would I don't want to neglect to mention that I have a milestone, a tabletop gaming milestone that Ooh, I achieved this week. It? And that is that I was I, I dungeon mastered three days in one week. <laughs> I was a part of one of those. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Uh, and I won't go to any detail because uh, I think probably that would be belaboring the point. But it was a victory nonetheless. I have I've had a the main reason that the show has been a little inconsistent of late was that I've been doing a lot of traveling. I was in Canada for uh, eight days and or first Canada, then then Dallas, Texas for a wedding. So I've been all over the place and I have not been able to sit down and play a lot of video games. But I brought my Vita with me. I was very excited about it, but I was disappointed because the uh, the game I've been wanting to play on the Vita, the game I pretty much bought my Vita to play didn't come out until like a couple days after I got back and that severed. I was really, really looking forward to playing it. Um, and I, uh, got home, woke up the morning that severed was released, went on the PlayStation store on my computer, bought it, clicked download to Vita and then thought, Oh, well, where is my Vita? 
Uh, I'd left it on the plane. So I'm pretty behind. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. It was the worst. I uh, I left my Vita on a plane, um, but I immediately, pretty much, as soon as I realized that I was, it was irretrievable and Southwest is never going to get it back to me. Like, it's it's a black hole of lost stuff. So um, it's uh, I bought a new Vita, and it's the new model, which is nice, or not new, but newer than my uh, original Vita. Very, very nice little device. Had to Had to buy it. Installed severed, but I only got to do that as of like 10 o'clock last night. So um, uh, I'm really enjoying what I've played of it so far. Uh, but so far, I haven't really played any more of it than I played at the sort of demo event at uh, PlayStation Experience earlier uh, last year. So um, I've been really, really excited to play it. I finally got it uh, installed uh, as of last night. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for me, uh, for me, video game wise, though. That's why the show is, is a little behind is because I have been away from my computer and uh, and traveling the world. At least you were able to replace your Vita very quickly, thanks to the power of the Internet and, and the money. power of just <laughs> and the power of being money an adult. At the problem. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Amazon is really dangerous around here. They have uh, they have free next day shipping and sometimes even free same day shipping on a lot of items. And that was what kind of did it was I realized once I realized that I wasn't getting the Vita back, I was able to get a new Vita in my hands uh, within like less than 20 hours um, without leaving the house, which was pretty exciting. Who wants to do that? So Reagan, I wanna I wanna know what you guys did in this game. So I I'm excited uh, to talk about this. I have not actually enjoyed a Telltale adventure game before. Really? Um, and that yeah, no, it's true. I was not a fan of The Walking Dead. I think uh, I was a little. Oh, you know, I think that we yeah, I think that we talked about that when we did the episode. Um, but I had forgotten about that. Yeah, I was that. a little yeah. bit cold on it. I didn't actually go back and complete any more of it than we played for the show. Sadly. Really? That's insane to yeah. me. Wow. Well, so, I mean, okay. That, I've only I've only played one episode of Walking Dead as well. It just didn't. I was like, I get it. So I'm I although I was you know I got this game on Mega Sale and I was gonna play it for the show because I knew it wasn't like twelve seasons long like like The Walking Dead was. <laughs> what? Two two seasons. Come on. I also okay. Also, full disclosure. I I do not like The Walking Dead the TV show. I think it's nerd homework. So that probably informed my take of the game. So yeah, I I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead comics. Well, yeah, we don't we don't need to kind of re explore our thoughts on The Walking Dead. I think The Walking Dead is brilliant. No re reviews are required. Please, listeners, go back and listen. But I have read a ton of the comics for both The Walking Dead and Fables. So what I was what I was expecting was that I was going to have another experience like I had with The Walking Dead, which was where I love the comic books. I read over 80 issues of The Walking Dead before I played the game, um, and I found the game a disappointment. Um, but in I read, I've read, at one point I was current on Fables, but I know they continue to crank those things out um, but I've, I've read almost as much fables as I did of the walking dead. Uh, and I found myself to be a big fables fan. So I was kind of worried to play this game. I picked up a $15 copy of it when it went on sale at some point, and I had it sitting in my game console 
for a long time and I never actually picked it up and played it. So now that we actually picked it up for the game, I was totally shocked how much I loved this version of the Telltale adventure game genre. Uh, I, I feel like it gave me renewed hope for the fact that I think these sort of choice-based games of the Telltale style can actually tell the kind of stories I'm really interested in. That's really that's really interesting. Like I, my experience was sort of different. I really really liked The Walking Dead. I thought it was um, I thought it was brilliant. Um, and I don't love the TV show. In fact, I thought the TV show, I agree with you, Laura, that I think the TV show is basically awful. Um, the comics are pretty okay, but I didn't enjoy them as much as Shane did. Um, and I didn't get anywhere near as far in them. I, I just didn't really enjoy them. I don't even really like zombies as a, as a thing, but I thought that the game was phenomenal and was a, like a absolute reinvention of, of uh, adventure games. This game was the follow-up to that. And... Um, I played The Walking Dead not that long after it was originally out, and here I am only getting around to really playing The uh, the Wolf Among Us really years later, um, mainly just because I, I didn't know anything about fables, and I kind of felt like I would be jumping into something that, like, I've never read the comic books apart from, uh, I read a little bit of the first trade with the comics, and I thought it was not good, and I'm told that that's not that's not weird that it gets better, but I didn't really like the comics. And so I thought I probably wouldn't like this story too much either. And it was always one of those things that was sort of like on my list. I really, really like this game as well. I think the walking dead, and we'll talk about like exactly how this game differs from the walking dead in its approach. I think the walking dead is a more important game. And I think in a lot of ways, a better game, but this game probably has a better story. Like this is a really good story. This is a, a phenomenally, uh, good character, good performance, good voice acting, beautiful art. So I think this game is really great, totally, totally worth playing, um, but different. And I am a Fable's completist. I stuck with it to the bitter end hmm. on all, all the trades. Um, and uh, I, yes, the first one is not good. Um, but I I was very nervous to play this game because I, I knew I liked Fable's a lot. Um, the series had just ended or was about to end, and it was kind of that, like, oh, is this going to be another entry I'm excited about in the series? Or is it going to be, like, when I read some of the Jack of Fables spinoff and was like, oh, this is terrible? Because hmm. <laughs> Fables is not good at spinoffs. Um, and I knew this was a pre Or crossovers. Starring. Or cross... God, the crossover's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the crossover's so bad. So I was worried that this was going to be adding something to the Fables canon that was subpar. Um I trusted Telltale. Um, I didn't... Walking Dead wasn't my jam. Um, the Game of Thrones one has the same problems as anyone writing in the Game of Thrones universe, which is you can't really make sweeping changes um, because the books are the books. But um, I like both of the games a lot. I think the problem is even... That problem is even more uh, pronounced here. Oh, yeah. So they had that challenge as well because this is a prequel that involves anything. all of the principal characters of, of the original fables game. Exactly. Uh, and I was quite worried because knowing how much the characters need to change over fables, having them set in stone beforehand, prequels are always scary to me. Uh-huh. So that all said, I was really happy that they took the potential in the fables franchise, the things that I always wanted them to explore and they took it and ran with it. They lucked out in a way because the kind of initial setup of fables has 
Big B Wolf, the Big Bad Wolf, as a cop. And they play off that a little bit at the start of the 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 comics themselves and throughout, really, because he's the mm-hmm. sheriff of Fableville. But town, having shame. Fable that town. <laughs> Fableton, Fable, fa- Fable, fa- Fable City, uh, Nottingwood Hill, Notting Hill, different, different movie, forest. All right, so they lucked out by having the initial kind of setup be so perfect for an adventure game because investigation is the genre that adventure games I feel work best in. Yeah, so fables is. Um, Fairy tale characters used to live in another world. There's a big war, so they had to all be refugees, basically, and escaped New York City, where they live in a small area, kind of of the Bronx, that has a big protective spell over it so people don't realize there's weird shit going on. Um, so you get every single character from every fairy tale, from every culture, living in one space. Um there's a couple extra bits of lore that enter in this game, like if you don't look like a human, you have to go to a farm in upstate New York. Um, but most of the fables canon doesn't really matter to this plot. You just need to know you're the big bad wolf, but you're reformed-ish, and now you're the sheriff. So you're the big bad wolf who gets to investigate. Yeah, you make a good point there. A lot of the a lot of the fun of this comes from the fact that in addition to fables, where so much of the story relies on all these interesting kind of stories from traditional literature from other cultures around the world or, you know, maybe you've never heard of this character. And there's a little bit of that in this, especially with uh, the character who sort of creates the inciting incident, no spoilers. Uh, But in this, they really rely on folk stories, almost urban legend level stories so that it's something where the, the the viewer or the player has an immediate way in. You're going to have heard of all of the characters that are involved and have some preconceptions that it'll either confirm or uh, just subvert. So it's really cool. Yeah, and you get to do a murder mystery noir in like this really cool faux comic style. They take the 3D style that they have for the engine and they apply this like 2D... Um, comic overlay on it and it's mm-hmm. all colored like 80s Miami Vice like the movie Drive I kept it's gorgeous it is gorgeous I think it's probably the biggest improvement that they made like playing The Walking Dead you could see the art and sort of just graphics of it impl- improve like episode to episode you could see them really working out the kinks and the f- by the fifth episode it looked way better than it did in the first one but here they nail it from the first scene and it looks way better than anything that they'd done up to that point. It's really uh, stylish. You can see the sort of comic book influence. There's bold lines, lots of really interesting, good character choices. Um, it is set in the 80s, which is earlier than most of the Fables comics, uh, being a kind of a prequel. And so they have that kind of 80s vibe to play off of. You know, it's it's 80, the 80s in New York, and you get these really cool sort of run-down looking places. Um and yeah, just visually, it's super good looking. Um, I think it's probably uh, Telltale's best looking game. Yeah, I just was so happy that things I'd always wanted them to get into in Fables, but they never had time to, um, you know, entered into the themes here. Like, there's a thought about class, like which Fables are poor, which ones are rich, who got to inherit money. Like, it, it's really great for someone who's a fan to get to see that stuff, play that sandbox played with, because... 
fables can be so plot driven that it's fun to actually have something else happening. And I don't think you need to be a fan of the comics to like this because it's very clear that, you know, when they talk about their history with each other, it is literally the big bat wolf talking to one of the three little pigs. Like it's, you know, the backstory there. Yeah. Yeah, you that's do. A, that, that's a really wonderful thing about this setting is that, yeah, they don't need to provide you with backstory. You already know every character here. They're just presenting them in these situations that make it very novel and interesting. Like like probably my favorite uh, thing about the first episode uh, was when the big bad wolf goes home to his uh, his dingy apartment in the Woodlands building and, and in walks Colin, the pig – uh, who's one of the three pigs. Presumably his brothers are dead, right? So he's now hanging out with the big bad wolf who ate his two brothers. And, uh, you know, he's a literal pig, so he needs help getting booze, for example. You have to choose whether you're going to pour a drink into a cup and sit it on the floor for Colin or or light his cigarette for him. Um, you know, do you feel guilty about your backstory with Colin, it's not really explained, but here he is kind of hanging out with you. Yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a scenario that is it raised some questions for me about <laughs> why why does the wolf get to stand up when clearly the pig cannot he has no hands, but how did the pigs build the house? Well, the wolf gets to stay because he's half North Wind, so he... Yeah, I'm not going to get to Fables canon. I know, I know. That's what's so I fun know, about the comics. Knows. There's Fables it's canon. Serious. Great, okay. Yeah, I have never read any of the canon. Uh, the comics, excuse me. Yeah, I have never read any of the comics, but I didn't really feel that was an impediment to enjoying this here. They, they've, they've really done a great job of making this an accessible thing, and it really made me want to go read the comics. So it's a great in point um, if, you know, if you are... You're the sort of person who enjoys adventure games in the Telltale style, and by now there have been so many games by Telltale and in the imitation of that style that you probably already know if that's your thing. Um, if that's a game style that you... Welcome to the short game. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, if that's a thing that you enjoy, uh, you should probably play this game, and it'll give you a, a, a sense of whether you'd be interested in Fables as a whole. Read the first two trades. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm uh, the first one. Like now that we finish this, I'm definitely going to go read the second trade. I didn't finish the first one. I'm thinking about just skipping the rest of it. And in fact, I have the first one on my shelf downstairs, unfinished because I didn't really dig it. But I'm I'm going to skip it. I'm going to go on to trade two and see if I that because I liked I like this so much. I want to know what happens to Big B. We already talked about this at the start, but like this is a very different game in a lot of ways from The Walking Dead. It really has the telltale stamp all over it. You know, this was their follow up to The Walking Dead. This was where they had to prove that The Walking Dead wasn't a fluke. I mean, if you look at everything that Telltale did before The Walking Dead, um, they had a lot of fans, but they weren't taking the, you know, the video game world by storm. And then The Walking Dead exploded. Um, and part of that was the source material. Um, it was, you know, popular comics, and there was a television show already on, I think, at that point. Um, People but, were thoroughly obsessed with zombies for a few years there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, so it, it, it kind of got had that going for it. But really, tell, 
Telltale figured something out with The Walking Dead. Something pretty important about how they could do an adventure game that was going to be different from everything they'd done before. All their work before that was this other thing, and now everything that Telltale's done since has been how do we do this thing again or improve on it? And this was the first attempt at that, trying to figure out a way to take what they'd learned on The Walking Dead and apply that to a different story. And it is a very different story. So there's a lot of things that this game is does that's very different. And some of it, I think, is, a, is an improvement by far. And other things, I think, are not as good as The Walking Dead. But I think maybe there's some room for that being a matter of taste. Um, do you think maybe the uh, the difference in how it plays out has a little bit to do with kind of the basic of the walking dead being something about constantly punishing and hurting and disempowering the player. And this, uh, it's all about restraining like this incredible power. So the play, the player is really empowered and, and feels like, you know, it's, it's a much happier existence to be big B wolf, no matter how downtrodden he is than it is to be running from zombies. I think you're onto something there, but I actually think that it's it's a bit different because The Walking Dead, you are disempowered as the character and the player is very disempowered. Um, so you are in line with, uh, with you know, what's going on. You're, you're barely surviving as a, uh, um, as a character and also, you know, your options are very limited and your options as a player are also very limited and it, and it works. But I'll counter that Big B here. So you're playing a almighty God force level of big and bad mm-hmm. who's decided to try to be lawful good. And he is, you know, you get choices constantly to be a bad guy. You can be an asshole. You can be violent. And you, like Big B, have to make the choice whether you're going to, like, get your job done or if you're going to just like beat down doors and hit people at the expense of your investigation. So I would say that you have to make the same choices as Bigby in this game. Your choices are, do I get the information I need or am I just going to like beat the shit out of this guy? Yeah, it really is theme wise all about how Bigby wants to use his power. Like he wants, he, and you can, you can make different choices about that, and it feels pretty flexible. Like, you, you, uh, you can decide that Bigby doesn't really care, and you, or you could decide that Bigby really cares how he's seen by his fellow fables and wants to be a good guy and really restrain his power. Yeah. So there are, there are scenes in this game where you are the big bad wolf, and you are given chance after chance after chance to be big and be bad. Um, and to essentially wreck places, um, to hulk out, to destroy the, the claw, the scenery. And one of the things I find really interesting about the game is that in those moments, the scene seems to play out very differently depending on what you decide to do. Like, do you, do you decide to, uh, beat someone up or do you decide to leave them alone? Do you uh, charge in uh, to a fight or do you hold back? And so those are the kind of choices that you're making in a a lot of different games, I guess. Uh, But in this, they reward both. It's really neat. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of choices that you could make that seem like and none of these are things that really have a huge effect on the plot. And that's something I could complain about a little bit later. But um, but in in the scenes there, there's lots of little choices that you can make that are. Um, 
really about just sort of deciding how uh, how big and bad you want to be, and the the actual repercussions of those choices are really divorced from the action. Like it may seem at the time like, oh, that's just a really badass thing to do. Like I want to look really fucking cool right now. I wanna I wanna crush the car or I wanna toss the guy through the wall or whatever. Um, but then people do judge you for those choices and they react to you differently in later conversations. And the choices are the choices are not as earth shattering or at least they don't feel as earth shattering as they would in the walking dead where your choices are usually so like will remember that yeah i know like your, your choices are you in the walking dead would be things like do i save this person or this person decide right now because whichever way you choose that person is going to die in 10 seconds from now and it's going to be a huge consequence and you're going to see the consequence immediately here the consequences are a little more vague uh, most of your choices the consequences are more interpersonal or uh, about your relationships with other characters. And often you don't see the results of them immediately. Like a lot of the the choices you might make really only come up much later when you're having conversations in like the fourth and fifth episodes with some of the other characters. It's a little closer to Life is Strange than, you know, some of the teen horror games you've been playing recently. In some ways, I really like that idea. Like I like the idea of a game that's all about your relationships with the other characters and how they um, how they respond to, you know, how how much you restrain yourself uh, having an effect on how other people see you. But that's like that's the that's the gameplay of this game is kind of deciding you're not really deciding what. Uh, Bigby Wolf does, except in a very small number of situations. You're you're mostly deciding uh, what kind of person Bigby Wolf is while he does it, and um, in some ways that's cool. But also, I'd say like my biggest criticism about this game is that the pace sometimes feels too fast. Um, or it will really, even sometimes some, the pace just feels wrong. It's not even always that it's too fast. Like if there's a game about your relationships with the other characters, but there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of times where I kind of felt like the game was rushing me along to the next plot point without giving me time to kind of feel out my relationship with the other characters. Like I wanted, I wanted more opportunity to go and talk to frog about his kid and try to make things right with Colin and, you know, have a conversation with Snow uh, about something other than the case. Um, it, it felt like it was rushing me along from plot point to plot point sometimes um, without kind of giving me the time to, like, with um, in The Walking Dead, uh, there would be whole periods where you could, you were sort of walking around the, the motor inn, for example, you know, and you could go and click and talk to this guy, go and talk to that guy, go and talk to the other guy. And, and even though it was still just a series of dialogue trees, not that different from what you get here. I think I felt a little more, I felt a little more invested in it because I was controlling Lee a little bit more, even if it's just as much, just the, just the little amount of controlling Lee of like, I'm going to tell him to go walk over there and talk to that person here. It really plays out more movie style. I can probably count on one hand, the number of times that I actually needed to like control where, uh, Bigby was walking and that made any difference. Um, so I don't know that there's there's it's definitely a different approach to choice here. Personally, to me, that was a huge improvement. I hmm. don't like walking around and trying to figure out what to click on in, in adventure games. Uh, I much I much prefer the movie approach. Uh, some of my favorite parts of this, having played the full first season, 
were points where there was like a huge chase sequence that was going on. And I have, n- I, I, you'll probably never hear me say this again. I got really into those quick time events. Yeah, I really, I liked them so much better than the Game of Thrones quick time events, which are a lot of like click and drag because you're supposed Ooh. to be swinging a sword. But I have a trackpad, so it's hell. <laughs> I was very happy with the quick time events in this. Yeah, uh, they, they work okay. Um, I don't, I don't. I don't ever really love quick time events, but I'm not one of these people who's like dogmatically against them. Uh, I think that's, you know, that sometimes they are the tool that, that you need for the job and they, they totally suit this game in that this is really, uh, there, there's a lot of parts of this game that are minimally interactive, but really just, uh, a movie trying to keep you involved in the action. Um, so some of the fight scenes, some of the chase scenes, uh, there's no, you know, this is not a game where you're steering a car or, uh, or, you know, jumping at the right moment to get, uh, to, to get, you know, from one rooftop to another. It's really just, uh, a way of keeping you involved while the game is telling you the more actiony bits of the story so that then you can get onto the next choices. And it works fine, uh, but you do have to kind of go into this understanding that you're going to be doing some quick time events. If you're one of those folks that that uh, sees one quick time events and quits the game, then maybe this one's not your bag. But you probably already knew that. There's a nice mix of um, the magic and the mundane um, in this game because you can, you know, sometimes you are clicking around a living room. And sometimes you're clicking around the magical business office with all of where all the artifacts of all of Fableton live and talking to a magic mirror. They're in the same game about 30 minutes apart, you know, Um, and it's really fun when you don't know which one is which. Like if you get a tarot card deck, is that actually a magical special tarot card deck or is that just a normal one? You know, it's, it's really nice to have both of them side by side. And I think the world being so strong is a huge benefit. Um, That is one of the strengths of the Game of Thrones game. It's one that Walking Dead doesn't get to play on as much because it's just, you know, apocalypse world. Yeah. And they were inventing all their characters for that, where here they had a, they had a huge, uh, like source to draw on environment building. Like it's New York in the eighties, which is cool. And it's New York in the eighties with magical stuff in it, which is even more cool. And with, Characters that you already know, you know, so much of their story as we as we already went through. There's so much that's built in. This is a melting pot plot that is like so perfect. Yeah, it's not as high stakes because it's, um, you know, it's a murder mystery as opposed to you are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's not going to die. No, and we and we know that. Like, if you know the comic books, you know Big B is in. The- I died a few times. <laughs> That's right, true. But you can restart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y- you you kind of know from the beginning that the major characters here are going to make it all the way through. But really, the question is, who are they going to be when they make it through? And um, uh, and actually, all the characters are are really more three-dimensional than you would expect. I think that's kind of like the gimmick. If you Gimmick is the wrong word for it, but that's kind of the gimmick of fables. Is like it, is a, taking, it is a gimmick. Yeah, taking these two-dimensional fairy tale characters and making them three-dimensional people by putting them in this, you know, in the quote-unquote real world. And and uh, and this, this, that idea, like there's been, uh, there's been a, a, like two or three TV shows that have whole hogs stolen it already. And, you know, this is a this is a brilliant idea, and it works great in all sorts of media, and it's uh, it's really working here. Um, 
we should probably just talk a little bit about who our favorite characters are. I mean, like, like there's so many great little moments in this game with clever inclusions of, of interesting characters. I mean, Bigby himself is, I, I, I was, I was not a fables guy before I played this game. Um, but like just, and I didn't really get Bigby when I read the comics, but like, he's so dynamic. He's so interesting. Um, which is weird for just being a, you know, fairy tale character, but he's so interesting here. He's, he's got, uh, I, I just think Bigby Wolf is really, really great. <laughs> oh, and, and um, and his, and his perform the voice acting performance here is great, by the way, like everybody was great, but, uh, Adam Harrington, uh, does the voice here of both Bigby Wolf and the woodsman. And, uh, he's great as both and totally distinct. And I would never have realized he was doing both voices if I hadn't looked it up. I mean, I loved the little bits of um, side characters from Fables that I got to see, um, but I was especially happy that I got to see Buffkin, um, who is the uh, one of the flying monkeys from Oz. Who oh, is, is that the what he was? Librarian of the um, who works in the sheriff. Uh, office whose job it is to fly to the top shelves and get the right books, but he's always stealing people's booze. Um, and yeah, that's to be fair, they keep bringing in bottles of booze. They do. <laughs> they keep bringing bottles of booze and then leave it at their desks. And then they're like, where did the booze go? And Mifkin's like, sorry, I have wings. <laughs> yeah. I think expect me to do. I'm glad they didn't cut out all the drinking and smoking. Oh Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I I think Buffkin is, a, is an incredible character. I, I like some of the new characters. There, there's, I don't want to spoil anything though because there's some characters that all my favorite characters were not in episode one. All my favorite characters were really fully episode uh, introduced in two and three. I think. Oh, so something we talk about how in adventure games barely anybody looks at the like menu stuff, but um, in this one, you can look up the story behind all of the fables um, and uh, actually not get too spoiled on comics. They, it, it's a prequel, but there's also, you can look, when you look it up, there's a whole list from like one to five of all the people you meet. And you can just look at like the roster of all the different fable characters you've met along the way. So um, probably because it was episodic and you had to remember who was who mm. they do in the comic as well. They have a first page, like the first two pages are just, portraits of people and who they are uh so you know who is who but they should do that for x-men <laughs> but i think that it just speaks to how many good characters they've got that there are like 60 or something characters in this book that are just t- tiny mentions you know beast beauty toad even the frog prince everybody gets to have a little appearance you know? i love Absolutely. toad uh he was and he's from, uh, that's Toad from Wind in the Willows, right? I'm not like mixing. Toad of Toad, Toad of Toad Hall. I thought that was like a Disney property. No, it was a, um, a, a I mean, I, kn- I know there was a book, but wouldn't that still be like in. The Wind in the Willows. Is... When did it come out? It must, I mean, it would it's have to be. domain. Is it? Okay. I had no idea. I, I thought it was more Disney recent Disney wants than you that. to think that every, uh, that every, everything older than a hundred years old is a Disney property. Yeah. I mean, they really have managed to uh, like seize the public domain. That's how Ichabod cranes in this book. Even though he's, because he's an American folk tale. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I thought they did a really wonderful job of of uh, introducing some new characters and setting up characters from the comics in a way that didn't interfere with the comics, but still left them room to grow and change and be interesting. Um, Bigby is incredibly dynamic. Snow, I thought, was really interesting. Snow White. Um, yeah, they show you a little bit of the underbelly of Fable Town in this. And all the characters that they introduce in that way are a really delights and none of them come in in the first episode so again I won't uh, I won't spoil anything for Laura but you've got some monsters and some uh, you know big names or famous names uh, that get introduced and all of them are done in ways that really subvert their original story of origin so uh, really entertaining stuff. starts with a quick title card that says you know this is fableton and you know this is the world you're in and that's all you get and then you as bigby you walk into the apartment building and you meet this toad and the toad wants to you know you basically cite him for not being in human form and you have a little conversation and meanwhile there's just like soot falling from the ceilings like there's clearly something going on upstairs and you're just kind of harassing this toad he's like no just get upstairs you walk up and the woodsman yes that woodsman the woodsman from little red riding hood is you know just beating up on this poor innocent girl and so you get into a fight with him he got all this history um it's a really energetic fight the girl is kind of um, you know, she's sad but sassy. And then you get to choice if you can throw him out the window. I threw him out the window. Oh, of course. And you land on this cab with this crash. And then you get kicked into this great uh, title sequence, the the opening credits, which after seeing this, I was like, alias Jessica Jones totally ripped this off, I feel. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Really stylized, bluesy, a lot of color, a lot of, like, walking around New York. And it's such an energetic start. A little bit of 80s without being dated. Yeah, it's got action. It's got intrigue with this mysterious lady with a ribbon around her neck. Um, And you've already established that everybody has a history in this world. And it does an incredibly elegant job of explaining the setting to you without making a big deal out of it. Like, they do show that title card at the beginning, but, you know, your first conversation with the toad, you know, first off, you know, this ain't Kansas. You There is a toad here. What's up? And the conversation where he he cites him for being out of glamour, like, you, you immediately know – Okay, these fables, they're living in New York, but they do it by magic. We understand now like how this is quote unquote possible. And then the fight with uh with uh the uh, uh the woodsman. You know then, okay, now we're actually in an adult story. We're not in a fa- fairy tale exactly anymore. We're taking these characters into a place that we haven't seen them before. And, and bashing them with lamps. And boom. And then you get the great shot where his eyes turn yellow. He bares his teeth. You know that under the surface of this, you know, kind of sexy cop is actually a wolf. Not, not, he's not a werewolf. He is an actual literal wolf. Really cool setup. And I just think the, the first scene of this game. Did you just say he was sexy? 
Yeah, I was like, sexy wolf, please tell me more. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a broad-minded guy. He's, uh, he's, he's got something going for him. He, he's a, he's a good-looking character, right? And Animal it, attraction. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I kind of have a thing for wolves. Uh, not in a furries kind of way. I just have like a uh. collection of, of wolf-related stuff. I just think wolves are cool. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to sound like a huge loser. I have a bunch of wolf t-shirts. Not that, that I wear in an ironic <laughs> way, way. An ironic way. It's ironic. But I just think wolves are cool. No, right? love you love wolves. Just, it's ironic. You just wanted to make sure that we knew how much you liked wolves. So, <laughs> so it's totally it's ironic. ironic how much you like wolves. Mm-hmm. Just sharing. I just, there's no way that I can explain this without sounding like a real I weirdo. like wolves too. I have a lot of favorite animals. I have favorite colors too, but mostly I haven't thought about them much since I was 10. <laughs> Shut up. I like wolves. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to didn't mean to wolf shame you. Whether or not you've read Fables, it doesn't really matter. I think this is a great game. Um, If you like adventure games, if you like fairy tales, if you like noir, I think it's a little different than Walking Dead, as we discussed, but it's super fun. It's a great story. It's in in a lot of ways, it's a better story than The Walking Dead. It's one of the best stories that I've I've seen done in an adventure game. Um, And I, I think it's actually probably the second best thing that Telltale has done uh, compared to Walking Dead. And I say that like it's better than, for me, I thought better than Walking Dead uh, season two. It's, it's, uh, it's up there with Walking Dead and whether you like this or that better is going to be entirely a matter of personal taste. And they are both phenomenal games and they are like, I really hope they do a second season. I would love that, but it's really looking like no, huh? Like they, they probably would have announced something by now. Don't you think? Well, Fable's, just ended and so the creator of fables was really busy wrapping up the series so if they were to announce it i think it will be in the next you know pretty soon or not at all next year is probably their time limit yeah i i and i don't know whether this was as big a success for them in terms of just you know units sold or what have you i don't know if they felt the demand for a second season the way they did with the walking dead um but i think this was really a totally good follow-up to that um they got these two licenses like at the same time um and i think it's just sort of by chance that they ended up doing the walking dead first and i think that these are kind of companions to each other in a way um i would love to see more of this uh even if it i don't know i don't know where it would fall in the chronology of of fables like would they pick a different character to follow or do you think or well there's plenty of time in the series to do a parallel story i'd really like to see that you gotta hope Next week, we're talking about a game that I'm really uh, excited about because it's scratching all my nostalgic itches. It's Warbits. Uh, we started playing it, and then the following week, it got featured in the App Store. So I'm really excited to uh, talk about it and see what you guys think. Uh, I'm really enjoying playing it uh, mano a mano, uh, Shane versus Reagan versus Nate. I've yet to start a game with Laura, so I'm pointing at you. Uh, but if you, the listeners, are excited to tr- want to even give it a try, uh, this is a, a chance for you to try playing with us. Uh, you could play under the hashtag short game, and maybe we'll play a round or two with you before the show. 
Yeah, that's a really good idea. If you're playing Warbits, start a game with hashtag short game, and uh, that'll connect you up with us. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it with more folks because I'm really, really enjoying the game. We'll talk more about the game next week. Um, and we might talk a little bit about other uh, asynchronous multiplayer games. So if you have a favorite turn-based asynchronous multiplayer game, whether that's a play by email or an iPhone game with uh, with integration like that, you know, the words with frenzy style, as some people will, will think of it. If you have a favorite game in that style, let us know, um, because we're going to be talking not just about Warbits, but a little bit about other games in that style, too. Um, I've been your host, Reagan Kelly, and you can find me on the Internet at Twitter.com slash Reagan K, that's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Or you can find... At T-W-I-T-T-E-R dot com. For spelling things out. Yep. And uh, also uh, at the website of the show to which you have just listened. That's www.theshortgame.net where you'll find a contact form. And we like to hear from you. If you want to let us know about those asynchronous multiplayer games, that's where you do it. Um... There's also our Twitter, uh, at underscore short game. Uh, and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the thing on your computer that you click on every now and then when you want to sync your iPod. Um, leave us a review there. We really, really like that. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Shane, where can people find you? I don't want to be found, but if you must find me, I'm on Twitter at Shane. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.